Hello and welcome to the second episode of Growth Nostalgia. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Yesenia, um, and today is a very, very special day. On this episode, we are going to be learning about Anthony Garcia, a.k.a. Amph, um, a.k.a. my fiancé. Um, Anthony's story is so inspiring and so amazing, and I, and I thought that it would just be a disservice for me not to share his story with you. So I am just so excited that he's going to be here. He's going to share a little bit about himself and how he got to where he is. He did it in a very non-traditional way. And I think uh, a lot of people will find it inspiring. But before we get to talking to Anthony and hear a little bit about his story, let's jump in to the first segment. So what's good? During this part of the show, I check in with you and break down what's going good, what's going not so good in my life. I think it's really important for me to connect with my listeners. And so um, me letting you know what's going on with me uh, hopefully um, makes you realize that some of the things that you're going through are not, um, you're not alone, basically. And so let me talk a little bit about some of the good stuff that's going on in my life. Um, So number one, Growth Nostalgia launched, um, and I'm just so excited and just feeling so motivated. I feel um, so supported and loved by so many people and I even people even from people that I just really didn't even expect it from and um, it's just a really exciting time. I've gotten some really awesome feedback and made already some connections Um, and a few people shared their experiences with me and shared their similarities in in what they're going through and um, what I spoke a little bit about and so I'm really excited about just making more connection. And so I just want to touch really quickly on a few things that people had mentioned to me about the their feedback or the things that they were going through themselves that they can identify with. And so one, um, one person actually reached out and said that they were going through the same thing with their mom um, and they were fighting a lot with her and it actually inspired them to maybe take a break from their mother. And so that was really, really, really cool. Um, cause all of us are going through some crap, right? And you know, when you're, you're fighting with your mom like that, you definitely do need, um, a little bit of separation. Somebody else reached out to me and, you know, said that they were feeling some of the same things I was going through in terms of wedding planning and how a lot of stuff, um, a lot of, you know, opening up the can of worms and all the crap coming out, uh, when it comes to wedding planning and how that, that's kind of like what tends to happen most of the time. Obviously I know that, but having that connection and, and just somebody reassuring me like it's going to be fine, you're, everything's going to work out and fall into place. That felt good. Um, somebody else reached out and was like, you know, you're so right about Latinos being negative and just speaking just negativity to one another. It's something that we really need to stop. That was really cool because I think I'm really passionate about like changing the way that we do things in our culture. And so that was amazing. Somebody else reached out to me, um, giving me a little bit of career advice. Um, so that was amazing. That's a close friend, a friend of us, um, of ours, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Um, and just, I got feedback that I was, um, that they, that people felt that I was being very honest and, and just vulnerable. And, um, I love that. That's what I, what I want to do is I want to just share my story and share a little bit about me. And I hope that through that, you know, I can help some people out there because at the end of the day, I really just want to help people get through whatever they're getting through and just be the best versions of themselves. And if I can help a tad bit, I 
did everything I, w- I set out to do. <laughs> so it's really amazing. Uh, another good thing that's going on in my life is Anthony and I have been exploring our faith and we recently got into, um, we were introduced to a church here in LA called the Zoe Church. It's called Zoe Church in LA. Um, and um, it's just a place that is very welcoming and it doesn't really feel like church. It's not like the traditional church that I grew up with. I grew up Catholic and um, Anthony, I think, was Christian his whole life pretty much. And um, I've gone to church with him in the past, Christian church, and I just felt weird. And then he's come with me to Catholic church and he felt weird. And, um, you know, because everybody's church is a little bit different. So when you go into a new church, it's just like it's it's a different experience. But finally, we found a place that we feel welcome to. And it doesn't feel like church. It feels like you're going to a TED Talk every week. It feels like you're, it's based off the Bible, obviously, but the things that they're saying, they, they make it relevant to, to real life today. And they speak to the young, younger generation. And I just, I feel so encouraged every time I go and I'm just, it's exciting. It's really cool. So I'm excited to continue to explore my relationship with God, but also to explore my relationship with Anthony as we get closer to becoming husband and wife. You know, I want us to have a solid foundation, um, whether it's therapy or going to church, I don't care. I just want us to be good and I want us to communicate. Um, another thing that's going good that I forgot to mention on the last episode is that um, one of Anthony's really close friends from high school, her name is Nikki. She became my friend after me and Anthony started dating and she asked me to be her daughter, um, Arya Skye's um, godmother. So she asked me to be her godmother um, her during her baby shower, and I was just taken aback. But I am so honored and just so excited to see this baby girl grow. Baby girl grow. <laughs> um, she's just so beautiful, and she's going to do some amazing things, and she's so loved. And I'm just excited to be in Nikki's life, Nikki and Joe's life, and Arya's life um, as a fam- like family as we grow up. And I'm just so excited to one day have a have children of my own and have, you know, Arya's going to have her homies to kick it with. So that's going to be amazing. And so that's really just, I just feel love. Um, another cool thing, I'm still, you know, doing little pieces in here and there for wedding planning, tried on a few more dresses in the style that I thought I wanted. I don't, don't know if I want that style anymore. So that's kind of fun, fun stuff that's going on. Um, other good, good thing, um, we're going to be going to the desert this weekend for a desert getaway. She's going to be lounging by the pool all day, drinking, eating, hanging out with good company. And that's something really exciting. And I just, we just need to get away and just, just chill, just have a little chill, chill time. Um, by the time this episode's out, we would have already gone, but that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, something bad, a few bad things that are going on. So my mom and I are still struggling with our relationship. I think literally the day after I recorded the last episode, I spoke to my mom and she pissed me off again. <laughs> so no one's perfect. This is a this is a work in progress. Um, so that was annoying as hell. And um, and then I talked to her like two days after that, and we started arguing again about the same crap. So as I was raising my voice and I'm just like thinking in my head, like, I don't want to continue to do this. Like, I'm so over it. I realize I need to do something myself. I need to just take it upon myself to change the conversation. And so I was thinking, change the conversation, change the conversation, change the conversation. And so I tried something different. I said, mom, can you tell me one good thing about your life right now? And it like took, it just took her off guard. And she was like, what? And I was like, tell me one good thing about your life. She's like, well, my day, my day, every day is the same. Like every day is the same at work. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about work. 
Tell me one good thing in your life. What is something that you are happy you are grateful for in your life? And she kind of was like, what the hell? Just because that's a question that she never gets. That's a question that isn't asked often of her. I know I asked that of myself or I'll ask Anthony or my friends, but that's not something that she really, you know, that's not the way that they do things, Latinos, older Latinos. So she was like kind of giggled, kind of thought about it. And she said, well, the good thing is that you called me today. And, you know, she just kind of laughed it off. I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll take it. And then she proceeded to yell at my brother or get upset about my about my brother for doing something, realized she overreacted. I'm just listening to her the whole time. I'm like, okay, cool. Then um, I was like, well, you know what? I went back to that. Well, you know what I'm grateful for? And I told her, you know, I'm grateful that I have a family. I'm grateful that um, my family's healthy. I'm grateful that I live where I want to live in the city that I want to live in. I'm grateful I have a job and a car. And she was like, well, that's really, you know, that's good to be grateful. You know, so I think that I'm going to continue to try those types of things because I really want to change the conversation. Um, another thing that's not so good um, I have a, I have two younger brothers, um, and my middle brother and I don't really have a close relationship. We don't really have much of a relationship. I try to reach out to him as much as possible. Um, but he's, he just doesn't really let me in and it's difficult for me. I'm a person who really likes to just help and just be there for people and try to like help people become, like I said, the best version of themselves or even just anything. If I can help with anything, I just, it feels, it feels good. And it's really frustrating for me to be that type of person and not be able to connect with my brother. Um, so, you know, he's just very closed off. He's not open to me. Um, I think he's just not open to us in general, like my family, because he feels like a little judged or unsupported. But we 100% love him and support him. And I think that, um, you know, I, I just don't feel that he allows us to show him that love and support in, in our ways. But um, I don't know. I just, you know, I really hope that, you know, over time that we can build a, a stronger, more close relationship. My younger brother, he's pretty chill. He has his own life. But whenever he needs something or he, you know, wants to speak about something, he'll de he definitely reaches out. He's not afraid. He'll have a randomly will call me and want to talk for like 30 minutes. So that's cool. But I really hope my middle brother and I can like start to, you know, have a closer relationship. Um, the other the final thing um, that's not so good still what is my career? It's still where we are, but I'm trying to figure it out and trying to kind of just see what it is I can do and what is out there. So I'm definitely exploring my options, but also with the launch of Growth Nostalgia, I'm definitely feeling a lot more fulfilled and a lot more happy. So that's a really good thing. And so that at least like eases that. Um, so some goals for the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to continue to work on speaking life and just being like positive and not trying to be like the typical Latina who just is always like being a negative ass. Um, and also just not complaining. You know, I hate when people complain. When I hear people complain, I'm just like, ugh, that's what I sound like. That's so ugly. And it's honestly really annoying. Like I just can't stand it. So I just despise it. So I'm going to work really hard with my complaining. I think sometimes at work, I complain about the same things that I deal with every day because they're like repetitive things. But even then, I really want to work on just if I have something negative to say or if I'm going to be complaining, just shut the F up. Like, just don't even go there. And the final thing that's a goal for me that I'm trying to work on is just like get back on my health and fitness. Um, I... I eat pretty healthy. I cook four times a week and I try to be very selective about the things that I cook. Sometimes I'll make stuff that like isn't the healthiest, but that's maybe once a week. 
Um, I'm pretty selective in the types of foods that we eat. Um, but I just want to get back into making more conscious choices and also just get back to my physical health. I used to go to the gym a few times a week, uh, earlier this year I was on it and, you know, like life happens and I just got distracted and I had so much going on that I just didn't step, you know, keep it up. But, um, I definitely want to, you know, get back into it and hopefully, um, I get back into it and everything works out. <laughs> I, I just have to push myself. So if that, this is the goal, I got to hold my health self accountable. So that's what I got to do anyway. Life ain't perfect, but you know, life is pretty good. I'm blessed. Let's jump into segment number two. Damn. 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 So I want to welcome to the show, Anthony. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know this isn't your jam, but I'm, I'm thankful that you're down to do this and to talk to us uh, and let us into your life. Um, so just side note really quickly, um, the night before Anthony and I got engaged, um, we went out with some friends and we ended up alone and just having a conversation and he just shared some really interesting things that were just crazy to me that I had no idea. And I was just like, you know what? I want you to be my first guest on my show. And, um, he was like, okay, except now he has to do it. So <laughs> anyway, I think your story is really inspiring to a lot of people. It's really inspiring to me and I think it's important. And I think it's um, so it, it's so inspiring that I think that people would find value from hearing your story. So anyway, uh, welcome. Thank you. I don't <laughs> think I'm qualified to be here, but it's not that interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, whatever. Let's Let's let the listeners be the judge of that. So tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about yourself. Um, my name's Anthony Garcia. Um, I have a nickname that I don't like saying, but yeah, I'm from the Inland Empire. I'm 29 years old. <laughs> yeah, Bloomington, Rialto to be exact. So that's where you grew up? Yeah, I was born in Montclair and um, I lived in Ontario for a little bit. And then I went to uh, Fontana from like first grade to fifth grade and then I finally moved to where my parents live now still is Bloomington California but just on the border of like Rialto so it's like the same um so talk a little bit about what early adolescence and your teen years were like so kind of just growing up um and your ex different experiences and things that might have influenced you um yeah so my parents worked really late so in elementary school in Fontana, I was forced to go to, like, an after-school program. So there would just be kids, like, chilling there after school, like, from, like, 2 to, like, 5 to 6 p.m. Um, and then that's where I was for, like, a few years through elementary school. But when I was there, um, my teacher, Shannon, he worked at a skate shop in Redlands called Band. And he skated, and he was pretty young. He's probably, like, how, like, probably, like, 28. And I was, like, around, like, 8 years old. This is back in 1998. So, like, when I met Shannon, he pretty much introduced me to skateboarding because he would just be in the back while the kids were playing and stuff, and he would just be watching, like, old 411 videos, and I was just like, what is that? And he pretty much put me onto skating. So, yeah, I started skating at, like, a really early age when I was, like, eight years old. So I was like, yeah, like, third grade. Dang, so pretty young age skating. Tell me a little bit about the people that you met at that time that um, kind of influenced you at that time. Well, like, yeah, Shannon was, like, a big influence on me. He was just, like, the cool guy. Like, he managed a skate shop, and he was just, like, really good at skating. And then my other buddy that was in class with me, his name was PJ. Um, pretty much back then in 98, skateboarding wasn't, like, like, what it is now. It's, like, you have the X Games and Street League, and it's just, like, really popular. But back then, it wasn't, like, the cool thing to do. So 
the kids in my neighborhood started skating, like, when I started skating. But, yeah, it wasn't, like, a huge thing. But, yeah, the influence that Shannon brought to my life, like, first time going to demos, like, on the weekends and, like, seeing pro skaters and PJ just putting me on, like, all the skate videos and magazines and just, like, really dived in at a young age, just, like, full skate mode. I didn't want to do anything else. I wasn't into other sports or like didn't play with toys or anything I didn't scooter it was just like straight like skateboarding um so let's get into your teen years tell me a little bit about your teen years and what high school was like and how skateboarding influenced that as well yeah so pretty much I went to Bloomington Middle School um I was really into skating then um well when I moved to Bloomington when I was 11 years old, it was like the first time I was like living near like a local skate shop and that was called BBS, the Bloomington Board Shop. So that was like before I went to middle school, that was like kind of like the hangout spot. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie mid nineties with Jonah Hill directed, but yep. yeah, it was pretty much like that. Like you'd walk into the skate shop. Um, there'd be kids behind the counter, like working. It was just kind of like a big, like not like treehouse, but like, like a hangout, like where everyone would link up and you would meet kids your age that skated. And that's when I met like one of my best friends, Daniel Espinoza, um, the guy that ran the shop, Sam, he would like have one of those big vans, um, like those white, those white sketchy vans. But yeah, he would just <laughs> put us all in there and take us skating to all these different skate parks. And then that's how I started like really building relationships with skateboarding. And that led into middle school, which where I went was Bloomington Middle. And going into high school, I was supposed to go to Bloomington High, but my cousin lived in Rancho. His parents just got like a house like on Day Creek, and he is a year older than me. So he was already a freshman when I was in eighth grade, and he went to a new high school called Los Osos. So when it was the summer going into high school, he begged my mom and his mom to let me sign up like under their address so I could go to school with him in, in Rancho. Um, my mom worked in Rancho, so it perfectly like worked out. It worked out. Yeah. So then when I went to Los Osos, um, I just met like a whole different group of friends. Like they were also skating and like into like photography and like just kind of like a different vibe than what people were usually doing, like in Fontana and Rialto, even though mm-hmm. It's like the next city over. It's just like completely different. Like those kids probably had access to things that kids at Bloomington probably didn't have. Like I don't think anybody in Bloomington was like doing photography at that time. Yeah. Like I said, even though it's like the next city over, like when I grew up in middle school, it was mainly like black and Latino. And then when mm-hmm. I went to high school, it was just like a bunch of like white kids, <laughs> which was like a really different like experience yeah it was like a different experience so then like yeah like kids had cameras my friend Justin he had like he had the MacBook desktop and mm-hmm. I was like the first time like I've seen a Mac in person I was like this is crazy so yeah going into high school and meeting Justin and all those friends he had a video camera so that's when we were just starting to film like just having fun we actually made a video and had like a little premiere <laughs> when I was a freshman Skating? Yeah, we made our own, like, full-length skate video that, like, yeah. we both all filmed. And, like, I edited the whole video. And we made a flyer and put it on MySpace and had a premiere at our friend Sarah's house. <laughs> That's pretty sick. So it was cool. It was, like, the first time getting kind of, like, that creative side of, like, photography and filming and just... Yeah, why shit, too? Yeah, just doing it yourself, especially, like, that, like, MySpace was a new thing. And just, like, having fun with skating that way was, like, cool because... It was kind of just like a different a different vibe in Rancho for sure. Skateboarding clearly is something that has been in your life and was important to you. Talk a little bit about what your experience like at Los Osos was, not in terms of friendships, but like the other side, the school side. Yeah, so 
freshman year, I met all those people and everything was chill. I wasn't the best student. I was never really into school, even like in middle school. I was just like kind of getting in trouble, getting suspended and stuff. So when I went into high school, it was just like not more responsibilities, but it's like more real. Like you're mm-hmm. not like a little kid anymore. So going in high school, freshman year, like I wasn't really into it. Um, but I just like made the most out of it with the friendships. But then when it came to my sophomore year, that was like more of like a tougher year. I was older. I was 15 years old. And I don't know, I wasn't really getting along with my teachers. I just kind of felt like the school format, like how everything is, it just wasn't for me. Like it wasn't the best way that I was learning. Mm -hmm. And one day I really never talked about this with any, like maybe like my close, close friends. But um, one day I was like in class sophomore year and it was first period. And that's the thing. It was like early, like I think school started like 8 a.m. or something. Yeah, pretty early. Or 7. Yeah, it was early in the morning and I was in class and like, I want to say I had, like, a panic attack. Mm. And, well, now that I'm older, I definitely know it was, like, anxiety. Like, Mm. I experienced it, like, out of nowhere. Like, just hit me, like, a train. It was weird. Like, I, like, was just having a little panic attack in class and just kind of looking around. And then, like, you get more anxiety because you're, like, everyone knows I'm freaking out right now. But, like, they have no (laughs) idea. So, like, I just got up and, like, I the paper in front of me, I just crumbled it up. I don't know what it was. And then I just, like, had to get up and walk, and I threw it away. And the bell rang, and then I went into second period, and I still felt the anxiety. Like, I was walking through the hall, and people were trying to talk but, to me. But, like, at that time, people didn't really know what anxiety was. So you, like, probably didn't even know what you were experiencing. Yeah. And, like, now you turn on the TV, and, like, anxiety, anxiety is, like, in the commercials, and they're talking about it in reality TV. Like, I didn't even know that word when I was 15. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was experiencing. So... After that day, I felt like I was crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell any of my peers what happened. So I thought I could just sleep it off. And then the next day, it just was still, like, lingering Mm -hmm. over me. And I felt that anxiety for that whole entire year. Well, maybe I had that feeling of anxiety every single day for maybe, like, from 15 to 17. Wow. Um. I never opened up. That's why I think the best part of opening up and telling someone that you're going through it is they're going to let you know that you're not the only one. I'm sure by now you've had a lot of people tell you like, oh, shit, I've been like I experience anxiety, too. Yeah. Like not hearing about anxiety, not knowing that people dealt with it as well. You kind of feel like you're the only person Mm -hmm. in the entire world that feels like this. So once you think that, you don't want to tell anyone and be like, you're crazy. Like, you're having crazy thoughts. You're having these crazy feelings. Like, that opening up is, like, scary within itself. And you're dealing with it. So I think once I opened up um, when I was 17, maybe 18, to my brother, and he was sat me down. He's like, dude, you're not crazy. Like, I have (laughs) the same thing. And I was like, what, this happens to you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, dude, it's called anxiety. I was like, I think that weight off my shoulder um, definitely made it go away because it opened up that window that like, you're not going insane kind of. Yeah. But yeah, I was just going through that sophomore year with like a lot of anxiety and not depression. I was like still happy, like skating and doing all these things and having a great time with my friends. But I think that really did not let me focus in school. And it just kind of turned me into like not the best student. Mm-hmm. I was really getting in with my teachers. One of them threatened me. She was my English teacher. I don't know her name, but 
I was like the worst kid, like probably the worst student she's probably ever dealt with. She was probably like younger too. She was like in her mid twenties, but she decided that one day when I came into class and I was acting a fool, she's like, okay, everybody that doesn't want to learn like Anthony, she got my desk and put it like in the corner. She's like, if anyone doesn't want to learn and be like Anthony, (laughs) go sit by, move your desk and sit by him. And like half the class came and sat by me. And like, we were just like cracking jokes and doing whatever we, she want, we wanted. And that really upset her. So when the bell rang and everyone left, she made me stay. I wish I had like an iPhone now because you could just yeah. like record like the conversation. But yeah, she was just like, hey, like you think you're funny. And I'm like, um, no. And she's like, no, like you think you're funny and you're like a tough guy. Like you want to see how tough you are? I was like, what are you saying? And she's like, my boyfriend at two o'clock is going to be at this location. Like you want to pull up, like oh he's going to beat your ass. <laughs> And I was just laughing. I was just like, wow, you're so ridiculous. I should have actually went to that location with my friends, but no. yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't tell anybody. Like I wasn't telling like the pre- like president <laughs> the principal or anything. But yeah, that was funny. So that basically describes like who I was in high school. Um Yeah. So I mean definitely I think that a lot of kids probably experience anxiety or different things and I think uh, the traditional ways of learning, like even just like you know, here's some words on the board, I'm going to talk about them. And then you write them, you know, copy them, write them down. That's like not the best way to learn for probably most students, but it's just the way that education has been built out. And had somebody been there for you that like understood that and can advocate, advocate for you, then maybe your experience in high school would have been different. Um, I think society is different and it's shifting and it's people are more aware. So that's amazing. But it sucks that you had to go through that. And I think a lot of kids probably could identify with you. Yeah, I hope so. Like, well, I know that for a fact now. I just wonder if, like, anyone else was feeling how I was feeling in school, you know? Like, you never know, like... Like, during that time? Yeah, like, during that time, like, you know, like, even with your own family, like, you could walk by each other in the hallway of your house or even the hallway of your classmates, and you don't know what, like, anyone's going through, you know? It's like... You could just seem like you're just having a normal day. Yeah, so that, that was crazy, so... At the end of sophomore year, Mm -hmm. some other teachers that were having problems with me, the vice principal (laughs) and like the principal and my counselor all had a meeting with me and my mom, like right before the school year ended. Mm -hmm. And they sat me down and they were just like, Anthony, like if you want to continue to go to this school, like you have to make like some drastic changes in your schoolwork, basically. Yeah. And my mom was there and she was looking at me (laughs) And they were all looking at me. I was at the end of the table and I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Like, I do not care. Like, kick me out. Like, I do not care about school. Like, all you guys are dumb. Like, (laughs) my mom started crying. Yeah. And that was the last time I was in that school. They they kicked me out of Los Osos like maybe a week before school ended. So sophomore year. Yeah. So then I had a normal summer just skating with my friends and everything. And then. Going into my junior year, I had to go to a continuation school in Colton, which was, like, black and white of, like, a school in Tapa Rancho in the hills. And then going into Colton, uh, yeah, that was crazy. What happened after you went to continuation school? Yeah, so I was in continuation school, and it was just, like, all the kids from, like, my middle school, like, all the cholos. And it was just, like, so—it was pretty hood. Like, kids were doing coke and ecstasy in class. Oh, my gosh. They were like a bunch of drug dealer kids, and I was just like, man, like, how did I end up this here? This is not for you. Yeah, so I was just pretty much just doing my schoolwork, keeping my head down, and mm-hmm. I kind of found out about this thing called Options for Youth. They had a um, location in Fontana, so 
I told my mom that I wasn't feeling this continuation school, and uh, she signed me up for options for youth. And I went there probably going into my senior year. Mm-hmm. I think I did the whole junior year at that school in Colton. And then I went to the homeschool, which was dope because you could go out and skate and like go <laughs> do a packet a week or something and you get credit. Um, yeah. So when I was there, I was doing that work, those packets at home and I thought everything was good. Mm-hmm. And I turned 18 and that day, I think it was like the day after my birthday, I went in and I talked to my counselor and I was like, the rate that I'm going right now, like when could I graduate? And mm-hmm. he's like, you're 18? I was like, yeah. He's like, like, I think when you're 21. And I was like, no way. And he's like, yeah, like, you're not doing that much. So I was like, what? I'm 18. Like, can't I, like, drop out and, like, sign myself out without a parent? And he's like, yeah. So I signed myself out <laughs> that day and I dropped out of high school. And I called <clears throat> my best friend Daniel, who's the person I mentioned earlier that I met at a young age. And uh, he was also an options for you. Yeah. And I called Daniel and I was like, hey, like, I just dropped out of high school. And he's like, what? Like, how? I was like, well, we're 18. Like, you could just sign yourself out of school. And he's like, I'm stepping into class right now. I'm going to do it. And he called me back like 15 minutes later. He's like, (laughs) dude, I just dropped out too. Let's go skate. I was like, now looking back, I'm like, that's so bad. But yeah, me and Daniel dropped out the same day. I mean, I think hearing that and just if you didn't know where you are today, like if somebody just saw that, they'd be like, dude, like, I don't know about this kid. Like, I don't know what's going to be of him. And that's why I think your story is so interesting. Um, So let's actually go into after high school. So, yeah, after high school, I had like random jobs just because my parents didn't yell at me or get upset with me that I dropped out. I don't know why, (laughs) but they were just like, "Okay, well, like you have to start working. So pretty much like in the inland empire it's just like a lot of warehouses Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like the normal thing to do if you even if you did graduate high school it's kind of like there's a staples there's a target yeah there's like a bunch of warehouses out there so me and daniel got (laughs) we dropped out and we got a job together um just like just going through freights of like um trucks that had power rangers And it's just, like, was the worst job. You're just there, like, wrapping pallets all day, every day, and, like, small breaks. And it was just, like, something that, like, we didn't want to do, Daniel. It probably made you realize, like, this is not what I want to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, like, a big reality check. And Daniel, at the time, was sponsored. He was getting flowed from some companies. So Mm -hmm. he was trying to do his skate thing. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I wasn't into clothes. I was just strictly into skating, but I wasn't that good. (laughs) I wasn't like on Daniel's level. So it was kind of like, man, you need to figure something out. So yeah, after high school, that was just working those odd jobs. And then my one of my best friends, Jarrell, Mm -hmm. him and Brandon came up with this concept to start this start this thing called bent life (laughs) and basically right after they started it they came to me with the idea if I wanted to be a part of it and I kind of just like jumped right into that so yeah we had this thing in the Inland Empire it was called bent life it was pretty much a blog just showcasing all of our friends talents like Daniel was the skater Brandon did like music Mm -hmm. Jarrell was like into photography I was just kind of making edits with my friends just like strictly like just street skating and yeah we were just like posting things on our blog and that led to making t-shirts that later on led to just throwing parties and kind of just like making a collective within ourselves um just doing what we like to do from Bent Life there um 
I know Daniel was working on his stuff. Bent Life was was probably still a little small. What happened after that? Yeah, so just doing Bent Life, it kind of like opened up opportunities to kind of just meet people, you know? People mm-hmm. would be like, hey, you have a blog, like kind of gaining some traction. Like I have a clothing company. Like do you want to come to our like HQ and like take pictures? So we were kind of like doing blog posts Based on that, kind of um, just doing that strategy, and Daniel was blowing up kind of in the skate world. He was getting more serious sponsors, and he landed a shoe sponsor with Lakai Footwear. So Daniel got sponsored by Lakai, and, like, you could tell probably by the story, like, me and Daniel are, like, attached to the hip at this time. Yeah, I mean, you guys dropped out on the same exact day, almost. Yeah, so me and Daniel were just super close. So once he got sponsored by Lakai, um, they hit him up and they were like, hey, like, since you're like on the roster, like, you need to come down to our HQ in Torrance and you're going to meet up with this guy that does the photography. And he had his first photo shoot for Lakai and um, he asked me to drive him there because he didn't have a car at the time. So, yeah, I drove Daniel. It's a funny story. So we had to go from Fontana to Torrance, which is like an hour and a half. That's pretty far, dude. Yeah, That's it was pretty far. It was pretty far, and I just had like this shitty Civic. So <laughs> we started at my house, finding all of my dad's beer cans. Then we went to Daniel's house and got all his cans. Then we drove from there to Stater Brothers, and we cashed cans, and we got like 12 bucks, and we just put it in my tank oh, and like gosh. just went straight to Torrance. And so at Lakai H, uh, HQ... What happened? Because I know this is like a pretty interesting story. Yeah, so I drove Daniel to Girl. Well, it was like Girl Skateboards Lakai. It's all like under the same umbrella at that time in Torrance. They had like this big uh, skate park and office space. So yeah, I just drove Daniel there and he met up with this dude and this guy's taking pictures of him. And I'm just like looking at magazines, just like I'm his ride, like his <laughs> chauffeur. Like I have no business being there. And after the photo shoot, um, the guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, like, are you sponsored or do you have a contract? I was like, no, what are you talking about? And I'm just some kid from Fontana. And he's like, Oh, well, my name's Andy Mueller. And, um, I'm like the art director of Lakai. I do all the photo shoots and I have this side project that I'm working on right now for the watch company called G-Shock. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And he was like, well, do you mind like, if I show you some watches that I have on me and you put some on and just stand against this wall and I'll take pictures (laughs) of you. And like, I never modeled in my life. Like I didn't like, I'm just like some skater kid from Fontana. So he took some pictures of me. And after that day, I just normal day, I just drove home and Mm -hmm. he ended up getting my contact maybe through Daniel. And he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, like it was nice meeting you. Thank you for letting me take those pictures of you. Um, I'm just wanted to give you a heads up that the G-Shock project that I'm working on, some of the photos that I took you and others are going to be showcased at this store in Santa Monica called Fred Siegel. It'd be cool if you and your friends want to come and like get some free drinks and like chill. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. So I think that might've been like a week or two after that day. And I went over there with my friend Furlong and Jarrell and I saw Andy, um, I obviously only met him once prior, so we didn't really talk that much, but 
me and Furlong and Jarrell just like they didn't ID us at the they had like an open bar and I I was like 19 or 18 at the time yeah so we just got drunk off wine and I just went up to Andy when the show was over and I was just like hey man like thank you for like inviting me and like taking those pictures of me like if you need any other like just pictures or shots of anybody like I'm down and he's like all right cool I'll keep that in mind and then a week went by and he hit me up again and he was like hey like since you did that photo shoot with me do you mind coming back to girl skateboards and like I could just hook you up with some product like I couldn't pay you any cash or anything I was like dude like that's really nice he didn't have to do that yeah so he like extended that invite and it was just like the same crew we went back to girl and then I brought Furlong and Jarrell with me and Andy now knowing Andy he's like the nicest dude we all walked out with product. It wasn't just me. Like, <laughs> yeah, Furlong had a bunch like of stuff, and Jarrell had a bunch of stuff. He just, like, hooked us up with, like, all this girl, like, skateboards, mm-hmm. like, clothes. And then he walked us out to the car, and he pointed at Jarrell, and he was like, Jarrell, like, what do you want to do with your life? And Jarrell's like, oh, I'm into graphic, like, design. And he looked at Furlong, and he's like, what do you want to do? And Furlong was like, oh, like, I'm into photography, blah 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 and then he looked at me he's like what do you want to do Anthony I was like I don't know like (laughs) I do like I'm just like fresh out of like dropping out of school like working warehouse jobs like just I had no idea what I wanted to do so I don't even I don't know what I told him um but so yeah and then he walked us out and then we left from there and then another week went by and Andy reached out to me and he was like hey I really want to talk to you do you want it do you mind driving over to my house in Eagle Rock and meeting me and my wife Jennifer um, I just wanted to talk to you about some things. I was like, all right, cool. So I drove over to Eagle Rock and I met him and his wife there and he just sat me down and he was like, you know, like I see potential in you. And like, I just wanted to let you know that I have this really, really small clothing company called The Quiet Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't spend too much time on it because he does have that full job at Girl in Lakai. Um, which is basically he does everything from like designing the shoebox to designing the catalogs and the ads in the magazine, all the line of clothes and so on and so forth. So he's like, I have this really small thing. Um, and I would just want, I wanted to have you come down and talk to me to see like, if you wanted to help me with it. And I was like, yeah, like I don't say less, like when could I start? So yeah, he offered me a job to work with him on his small project, The Quiet Life. And I started going in a few days a week, like driving from Fontana to LA. We had like this really small facility space where we had Mm -hmm. all of the products. So yeah, it was basically just jumping on board, dealing with online orders, like fulfilling all of those. So that was like your first experience though, kind of working like in a brand? Yeah, that was the first experience working in apparel. Like before that, like I couldn't, yeah, like I couldn't tell you what the undefeated logo was. Like the hundreds, you weren't into it. You were just like skating. Yeah, I was like strictly skating. Like I was like into more of clothing brands like Crew or Altamont, Four Star. It wasn't really like I had no idea what streetwear was. I had no clue. So when I got in with Andy with the Quiet Life. It just really opened my eyes to like, wow, like there's a thing that's like clothes that isn't really based off of skateboarding. It has like its own lane. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like more lifestyle Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, working with Andy and doing that, it just led like so many opportunities and doors for me and meeting other people like back then. And when I started working with Andy in 2010, if you said like, oh, like Andy Mueller is like my Mm -hmm. boss. I work at the quiet life. Like people would be like, what? Like, 
how are you some kid <laughs> from the and you work with Andy Mueller? Because he's such like a legend. Like, yeah. he works with Spike Jones. He works with Andy Jenkins. He created the Lakai logo. Like, yeah. he's like this super, super OG. And isn't it a trip that person saw potential in you? Yeah, I never asked him. That's a good question. I think that you should ask him that. That's a good question. Yeah, so for Andy just to give me that opportunity to help him and basically give me the brand and ran, ran with it, like, he... Well, yeah, because didn't at that time people thought that that The Quiet Life was yours? Like, people thought that you were the guy behind it. Yeah, well, yeah, shortly after that, like, Instagram came out, and it was, like, a thing back then to, like, your handle would be, like like the brand you work for like so my <laughs> my was quiet life amp um so you were he, famous to like everybody was like quiet life amp quiet life amp yeah people thought i owned quiet life for like probably like till this day people because it was cool for andy to just take a back seat and let like a young kid like just pretty much help him with marketing like doing the lookbooks handling all of like some social and just basically promoing like people with his clothes like Mm -hmm. he never said no like all of the homies were just decked out laced laced in quiet life and that kind of helped the brand like you know kids in ie were seeing these five panels that like they've never seen before like in rialto and Mm -hmm. rancho area and even in the la area the people that i was meeting they were just realizing like quiet life it was like really coming up at that time just how much we like pushed promo and how much we pushed the marketing. Um, it was just doing really good at that time. And mm-hmm. it was funny. So I went from dropping out and quitting that job at the warehouse and shortly after working with Andy at The Quiet Life. Um, the first week that I worked there, um, my first thing to do was he's like, hey, there's this new skate shop in Rancho Cucamonga where you're from and it's called OK Skate. He's like, could you go over there? It's like one of our accounts. Like, could you just check on like the table and like the fixtures and like just make sure it looks dope and just maybe snap some photos. So I went to the grand opening of that skate shop and the guy that was running it was the manager. His name was Joey Coleman. And Joey was like, you work for Andy Mueller at the Quiet Life? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how often are you there? I'm like, it's like part time, like just really slow, like paid internship kind of. And Joey was like, do you want to work here? So I was like, yeah. So then I got in a one week, I got a job at Quiet Life. I got a job at OK Skate with Joey Coleman. And the next week, Andy got me an internship at Podium Distribution working with Jim Leatherman at DVS Shoes. Damn. So within like... So everything was happening like back to back to back. Yeah. So within that two weeks, I have an internship with the head of marketing for DVS Shoes. I work underneath Andy Miller doing running Quiet Life basically and... Yeah, I worked with Joey Coleman at OK Skate. So I got three jobs out of that. That's like purely off of like relationship and just kind of being at the right place at the right time when it comes to like Daniel and like. Yeah, like if if it wasn't for Daniel getting that sponsorship with Lakai and even Daniel just asking me to drive him there on that day. I mean, I'm kind of glad that you guys were determined enough to go get all the cans. and. (laughs) Yeah, because I could have totally been like, no, I'm not going to like get my hands dirty to take you to go do you this huge, not a huge favor, but drive him somewhere. And I wasn't getting anything out of it. But then at the end of the day, like I pretty much got like that's a lot why you out got of something out of it because you weren't looking for anything it's really cool so talk to me a little bit about uh, moving to LA yeah so I got the job at quiet life and had those internships and everything in this that was all summer 2010 that's crazy that was nine years ago doing that f- let's fast forward seven months going into 2011 
January. Um, Daniel and my friend Justin that I mentioned before from high school and we're filming and making those videos, they got an apartment in L.A. that I didn't know. They kept it really secret. <laughs> so one one night, Daniel drives to my house and he's like, I'm outside, come in the car. And I'm like, OK, I go outside, and I get in his car. And then like we come into L.A. and I'm like, dude, like seriously, like what are we doing? And he just like has a clicker and like opens up this garage gate in like this really nice apartment complex and we just go up and like we go in this apartment and it's like Justin's there and like all my homies are there I'm like what is this he's like dude we just got this apartment <laughs> and it was at the Medici which is like super famous in the film world but yeah the apartment all the film kids go there yeah it was like housing like dorms for yeah. film kids USC has something similar they have the Lorenzo and the film kids have the Medici yeah that was the first night I went to this apartment called 314 I stayed there for a few nights and when it was time for me to take the train back home, they kind of like pitched the idea to me. Um, They're like, hey, like you should live here. Like you should share a room with Daniel. And Daniel was like, yeah, I don't care. Like just pay me this much in rent. And we came to an agreement and I just sold that Civic that I drove <laughs> Daniel to to girl. So I had like $2,000 in my pocket, so I took the train back home, and I just told my parents, like, hey, I'm just getting a trash bag of my stuff, and I'm taking the train back to L.A. because I'm going to move out. So you were extreme. What were your parents' reactions? I th- they laughed at me, I'm sure. Like, they're like, you don't, well, you have, like, these little jobs, but, like, how are you going to afford that much in rent living yeah. in downtown how are you going to eat? Like, how, like, what are you talking about? You're like, okay, you're just going to come back kind of like mentality. Um, and I just didn't care. I just had that $2,000. I knew quiet life was close by because we were just right in the heart of downtown. And I kind of just like took that leap. Um, what, what are the types of things that happened or went down at 314? Yeah. So it was kind of like how I explained leaving Bloomington and going to high school in a rancho. It was kind of like another form of that, like you're meeting so many people living in L.A. Justin went to Fidham, so he was just bringing people over all the time. Like everyone would just smoke so much. And like it was kind of like another hangout, like in our apartment in Medici, like that was the place to smoke and drink and just chill. Like we had this huge we didn't have a TV there. We just had this huge MacBook that Chris Kennedy, he lived there. And we would just play music videos all day. Like we haven't like no Netflix, no TV, just like strictly really music based. (laughs) So it was fun. Like I met one of my best friends, Vinny, there and he was a photographer, graphic designer. He went to fit him and it was basically you meet so many creative people because everyone like fit him is like an art school. Mm -hmm. So you meet artists, you meet graphic designers you meet photographers you meet it's pretty much a bunch of like entrepreneur kind of kids that Mm -hmm. a lot of them weren't from california a lot of them for like midwest or from east side like from the east so it was cool it's kind of like the best describing it is like a bunch of 19 18 year old kids running around downtown la with no parents (laughs) yeah it was fun so kind of like right into it it was just like one big party Um, it was looking back now, it was funny, like living there, working at quiet life. I sold my car. So Justin let me drive his Mercedes around like, like it was not a problem. 
That's a good friend. Yeah. Shout out to Justin and Chris Kennedy and Daniel for letting me stay there. But yeah, um, I met a lot of people. I met another good friend named Corey, young Corey. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was the plug. Like he just like knew all of the events. He had his own brand um, he was doing called Above Average. So like through Corey, it kind of like he brought more of like the streetwear side less than like the kids were just like students. Mm -hmm. Corey was more involved in the streetwear community. He worked at Diamond on Fairfax and he had his small brand. So Corey being involved 314 made it really fun because this was like the straw that broke the camel's back for for Daniel because he ended up leaving the apartment because I was sharing a room with him and he ended up dipping after like this one situation that we had. So one night we're just having beers at 314 and Corey calls me and he's like, hey, (laughs) we're shooting a music video at the Roosevelt in downtown and we just got kicked out. Do you mind if me and a few people come over and finish? A few. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, just, you know where I live? Like, pull up. So Corey came with, he came with a camera crew and this rapper girl and, like, 20 people. So there's he probably brought 30 people over. What was the rapper girl's name? Her name was Krayshawn. <laughs> so what did they film there? So, yeah, they just were like, hey, it was nice to meet you. Thank you for having us. Everyone was really polite. And they're like, we really just need, like, some last-minute shots for this music video. You guys are basically partying already like just keep doing what you're doing like don't mind us we're gonna have some cameras and she was just playing this song called gucci gucci and we were all just didn't really think anything of it it was just kind of like a normal night um at the apartment and uh yeah they filmed the music video there it was really fun and then later on like a month later it dropped like on world star and it was just like this huge popular like i think she got like a vma that was a pretty popular song to yeah. be honest with you it so was, the fact that uh that was the gucci gucci video was filmed in your apartment yeah, that was freaking trip. It was pretty legendary. And after that night, Daniel sat us all down and he's like, you guys are too wild. Like, I'm trying to focus like I need my sleep because he has a skate like his job is a skater. Like he had to do his skating. So it was just a lot of distractions for him. So Daniel's like, I paid for my last month's rent, but I'm out. And he just left that next day, I want to say. So now since Daniel paid his side of the rent, now I have like an entire room for myself in downtown. So that was fun. Um, yeah, just a lot of other stuff like like Jasper and Errol and like all of those odd future dudes. Right before Tyler dropped Goblin, they came through Taco and they started coming around and I met them. I think it was through Corey. I think they came at the Gucci Gucci shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next day, Jasper hit me up on Twitter and he was like, yo, that was lit. And I was like, dude, anytime you want to party, like just come through. And, Cause we were kids. We were like 20, 19 years old. And he would come through. I obviously knew what odd future was from the summer prior because that's when they were getting like some momentum, like in mm-hmm. the music industry. But yeah, this was before Goblin. So yeah, it was just like making those connections while I was there. So you're like making connections, meeting people, but you're essentially just partying and just being being yourself. Yeah, it was just like really organic. And then there you go, organic. That's with, the word. Within that time period, it seems like I lived at 314 for a really long time, but I only lived there for about five to six months. Was Bent Life still going on during that time too? Yeah. So Bent Life, that was a perfect leg up for Bent Life because now. 
you know, we're hanging out with like the not industry, but more like streetwear people. And they people were people that are pretty known. Yeah, they're they're like getting like popular and they fucked with the whole concept of Bent Life because mm-hmm. that's what originally like us all living at 314. We were like pretty much all Bent Life, mm-hmm. um, just running the blog way more heavy with a bunch of more party photos. So it kind of just like turned Bent Life was still focusing on our friends and like what they were doing, but it kind of moved over to the side of like partying. Yeah. I kind of remember Bent Life being more like a party blog. Yeah. It, it just like the photos that we were taking of these fit parties and just like, it was just a wild time. Um, so yeah, like that content on the blog kind of like sparked more people to be more interested in Bent Life. So yeah, we were doing Bent Life. We still working at Quiet Life. And yeah, within that time period as well, um, I was posting a lot of this clothing company that I really liked called Rip and Dip. Um, It was just a bunch of dudes that skated kind of like us. Like you kind of got like they're making edits and they're making clothes and they're all from Florida. And it was just kind of like this dope vibe that like I really like understood. So I was posting a lot of like their little lookbooks or their little drops on the Bent Life blog and one day we're in Ralph's in downtown just getting beer for the apartment. And I see like that crew of dudes in downtown. And I'm like, those are those rip and dip dudes from Florida. Like, what are they doing? In- well, obviously the, you, they come to L.A. to skate. But it was just like kind of like not starstruck, but just like, whoa. But they're from Florida. So and you don't you don't expect that to see them at Ralph's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I went home and I went on Twitter. I was like really heavy on Twitter at that time. And I just like. I was like, wow, like at Rip and Dip, I can't believe I saw those dudes in downtown. And then I think Ryan went to the, like saw that tweet. I think he might've saw the blog and saw some of our posts that we've been posting about Rip and Dip. And he reached out to me and he's like, what? Like you saw us? Like you kind like, I think he was like, you guys are kind of like, like LA skater party dudes, like let's party. And I was like, yeah dude like come through so like a week after like ryan and his friends came to 314 and we just started partying and like hanging out and it from there ryan was like yeah like do you want to help me model and like help out with rip and dip and this is back still in 2011 so he was living in highland park and he had like a really small apartment and he just had like his merch at his house and i was just like hanging out with ryan and and modeling for his brand um it fast forward going into 2012 so this is all in one year ryan hit me up and he's like hey um i have to go back to florida to visit my family for christmas like i see you kind of know what you're doing because you obviously in doing quiet life sale or doing the online orders and i trust you like do you mind like if i throw you some bread could you come to my apartment i'll leave you the keys and just ship out all of my like holiday orders that I need to get out because I'm going to be gone for like two weeks. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So he kind of just showed me his system and I went in like maybe once or twice and just boxed all his orders and took him to the post office. And he came back and he's like, wow, like you didn't screw up. Like how, how about you start coming in more? So yeah, I was helping Ryan with rip and dip. Um, just basically just receiving all the product. What what year was this again? This is 2012 now. If anybody doesn't know who Ryan is, Ryan is like the owner and like the boss basically of Rip and Dip. He runs the whole thing. Yeah, he started Rip and Dip by himself in 2007 in his mom's garage in Florida. 
So this is Rip and Dip in 2012. If you know anything about Rip and Dip today, it's very big. It's pretty successful. So, I mean, I think it's really cool that through Benton Life and just partying in L.A. and just doing your thing, you were able to uh, make a connection with Ryan. And it's another one, another another organic connection and just becoming friends. Yeah, it was cool. Like helping Ryan do Rip and Dip, it was just kind of like another quiet life. Like it was still small. Um, he was doing a lot of like marketing. Well, Ryan does everything with Rip and Dip from back then. He was doing design. He was just doing shipping everything out, like doing all the marketing, doing all of the production. Me and him will go to downtown LA, look for fabrics. Like he would take that and then just like make sure it's like, he's super full hands on, like with his brand. It's like his baby. I mean, that clearly made him successful because look at where he is now. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, talk a little bit about, okay, so after living in L.A. for six months, you go back to the IE, you're working odd jobs, um, you work at a few different places like Huff, you work at Undefeated. Tell me the story about Undefeated. Tell me what happened at Undefeated. Yeah, so one of my good friends, Damar Davis, um, he worked at Huff, and then he left Huff to work at Undefeated. And then I went to Huff and I ran into him at a Bent Life party. And I was like, dude, like now I know like what every clothing company is. <laughs> so I really admired what Undefeated always did um, since I found out about them. And I was like, yo, like, give me a job at Undefeated. And he's like, I got you. And I was like, for sure. And then not too long later, he gave me a call and he's like, hey, like, would you want to come on board over here at Undefeated? And I was like, yeah. So. I worked at Undefeated. It was just me and Damar and Jay and Kev, and we ran basically undefeated.com. Like, that was really fun. So, yeah, I think one of the things that I took from working at Undefeated, obviously, like, everyone at Undefeated is, like, the best person. They're really family-oriented. like oriented. Um, They're really, like, a cool crew of dudes. They work really hard. I re- Like, I respect Undefeated, like, to the fullest. Even to this day, I'm still friends with a lot of those dudes. What I took from that was one morning I was in the warehouse and Jay and Kev that were running online came up to me and they were like, hey, like, what do you think about you helping, like, trying to do social media stuff for Undefeated? And at that time, Instagram, this is 2015, like, Instagram is huge. And I kind of just laughed at the idea. I was like, ah, you guys are funny. And I kind of just walked away. Definitely dropped the ball because... If I now looking back, I wish like even though it wouldn't have gone through because it just was an idea, mm-hmm. I think I would have took that moment to be like, OK, well, do you guys want to go sit down in the conference room and talk about it? I kind of just laughed it off and I kind of learned like, you know, if the universe doesn't doubt you, like, why would you doubt yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get scared or you like you think like, man, I can never do that. Like, why yeah. would you even ask me? But I mean, I think that. It, it was just the lack of confidence at that moment for you. I mean, clearly you had already had a lot of experiences by that time, but still maybe you weren't ready for that. And so, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you are where you are. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm living in the IE. I'm working these jobs after Undefeated. I left Undefeated to work for another brand. And it was basically I was creating their whole website mm-hmm. from scratch I had to go out and talk to my friends that worked at Grizzly, talk to my friends that worked at Active Ride Shop that like knew e-commerce. And I was like, how could you build a Shopify site? Like I had no idea what I was doing. I only had 30 days to create it. 
So yeah, I kind of just buckled down and learned how to build that site. Um, and then that relationship didn't work out. So I'm back in the IE. I ended up getting a job at this wine or the liquor a warehouse. And it was just like a really like low point of my life, really not doing anything on the apparel side in LA and just like had this job. And I was just like sweeping up this warehouse, like, man, I wish I was in LA. Like, how did I get here? I was, you know, so that kind of motivated me to be like, you know what? Like my life isn't supposed to be in a warehouse, like in yeah. IE. I like, I quit that job. I remember I was driving on my way to that job on the 10 freeway and I just saw the 15 and I just took it north and just did a circle and I Mm-mm. just quit that job. So right after I quit that job, the Quiet Life opened up their first store. Well, their only store in L.A. Yeah, so I moved to L.A. So now this is two thousand, like 2016. No, 2000, November of 2015. We moved to L.A. and the Quiet Life store just opened. So that was like a really exciting time. You know, I've been with the Quiet Life at that time for about five years, like four. Yeah, five years, 2010 to 2015. So for us to like have our own storefront and kind of like showcasing for the first time, like the Quiet Life vibe, because it was always an online store. So for Andy and Jennifer to like be creative and like create their own storefront was like really exciting to see. Yeah, and that store is still there. So I was working at the Quiet Life store when we first moved to L.A. And then that was just really slow still because you don't really need a full-time person there at the store. Kind of the guy that does the warehousing takes care of it when the door opens. So I just needed something more secure with more money. So I ended up getting a job off of Craigslist. Yeah, I did Facebook advertising in downtown um, with somebody that I'm really close with now. His name's Arthur. But yeah, I worked there and I met one of my best friends now, Alexander Blaine. Y'all are fools. At that time, because, you know, doing something random like that, did did you question like your path or did you question like where you're going? Because it feels like you are doing all these things that are connected to clothing and then like you do this. And I mean, I can imagine somebody on your path being super confused. Yeah, it was it was different. But on on the other end, it was learning more of like Facebook advertising, which I really thought was really valuable. Well, now you go on your Instagram, you see ads. That's basically what we were doing for other companies. So I learned a lot. Arthur and Ron were really cool. And I met Alex there. He got the job through Craigslist too. And he now does his own brand called Bueno. It means good. Um, And we're really close friends to this day. So yeah, I think working at Mira, doing the Facebook advertising, you know, made another relationship Mm -hmm. with Alex. So yeah, like I always feel like kind of like the stars are aligned, like wherever I land, like I at least leave with like a good friendship or like a good relationship, a good connection. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. Um, and then shortly at, I worked there for a year and, um, me and Alex got laid off and I really didn't know what to do. Yeah. I kind of felt like I stepped away from the streetwear and I was doing my own thing for that year. So I kind of felt off balance. So I was like, you know what? Next week is Agenda Long Beach. So this is 2017 of January. So I go to Agenda and I kind of just like have like this mindset like, man, like I'm just going to like make something happen out of this. Like I know a lot of people that are here. I kind of just like want to manifest something out of this. 
So I saw Ryan and his rip and dip booth was just insane. He had like this camo Prius. And it was just like funny, like seeing Ryan like back when I met him in 2011 to like where he's at now at this like agenda booth, like not even showing clothes, just like having a car <laughs> Prius like camoed out with like suicide doors was just like insane. He's just like such like a good marketing genius. Rip and dip is just ridiculous and that's why it works. Yeah, it was dope. So I saw Ryan there. Um, I talked to him at his booth. And then later that night, I was at a party and Ryan was there. I saw Ryan, I bumped into Ryan at the party. And I was like, man, like, that was dope when I used to work for you, like, back in the day. And he's like, yeah, it was dope. Like, I was like, how about I work for you again? And he's like, yeah, like, we could talk about it. Like, come to my office in a week. So that week later, I went and saw Ryan at his office in downtown LA. And I met his whole staff. And I was just basically like, I don't know what I want to do, but I just know, like, you know, we have that relationship and I see what you guys are doing and you're like, you know, you look like, you know, you guys could use an extra hand. So after like an interview process and everything, it all worked out. I got a job. He offered me a job at Rip and Dip full time. And that's how I like ended up falling into doing sales for Rip and Dip. And that's what you're currently doing right now? Yeah, I currently work at Rip and Dip. We have an office in downtown and I'm doing sales for Rip and Dip. Why do you think Rip and Dip is so successful? Um, I think Rip and Dip is really successful just because it's like Ryan's brain. It's just He's wild. Yeah, he's he's the funniest dude. He's super humble. He gives back, you know, like he does really big events like right now we just got back from Texas. It was our third annual Rip and Dip River Float. So He's having 5,000 kids come out to, like, a river. It's totally free. They get free floaties. Like, he has performers, DJs. Like, it's just a real big Who who performed this year? Paul Wall. Paul Wall, yeah. (laughs) Paul Wall, Young Gravy, and he had, like, a lot of um, DJs and stuff. So it's basically Ryan's brain, like, just kind of just coming to life with his clothes and his inflatables and his... Everything that he got going from his store on Fairfax to his store. And I think it's really cool that Ryan is so involved and he just has so many cool ideas and he he wants to be a part of everything. Like he said, he's super hands on. Um, And I think it's really cool for Ryan to see his crazy ideas come to life by himself. He doesn't have any investors, right? No, it's just Ryan from his mom's garage to moving to L.A., to living out of that and working out of that apartment to just getting a bigger apartment and then getting his own little office and now a bigger office. He just basically just growing. Yeah. The brand is growing every day and I'm just really hyped to be a part of it. That's awesome. So let's switch gears and let's talk a little bit about your brand. Let's talk about 314. Where does that name come from? (laughs) I don't want to say it's a brand. Um, It's just an idea. It's basically obviously about the apartment that we lived in in when we lived in LA with that Medici with 314 that story I told before yeah it's pretty much my idea I had um I was like you know what like that was such like a pivotal time in our life and it was just really fun like kind of like that nostalgia of like man like when we were like young and like partying and skating and just pretty much doing whatever we wanted I was like that would be funny if like I made a shirt so I made the first shirt two years ago, and in the it just says three fourteen in the front, and in the back it says I used to party at three fourteen, and all I got was a shitty T shirt. <laughs> so yeah, I just made a Shopify website, and I made that shirt, 
And yeah, I just sold them online and people were buying them and I kind of like made another colorway. People bought them and I was like, man, like I'll do a tote bag. And then I did a crew neck and now like I'm coming out with some more shirts. So it's basically just an idea of like what we were doing back then, like kind of just like a nostalgia uh, feel. It sort of feels like 314 is when, like you said, it was pivotal in your life, but it was like you, you guys were making lots of connections. That's what was happening. And I think now it looks like people that were probably partying at 314 are kind of living out. Um, they're like It's like the fruit of their labor. Like 314 is where they planted your seeds. You guys all planted your seeds. And this is now like you guys oh, are. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, a lot of seeds were planted at 314. You know, like I said, we were just like really young and just kind of just going with the flow and like now like me working with Ryan at Rip and Dip and Jasper and Errol having their own show on Viceland and Corey now having his new brand um and his cousin Ty is uh Vince Staples DJ he tours the world with his best friend and yeah it just was a time in our life and now it's kind of like we're all adults and we're all kind of doing what we love to do so like for me to give Jasper a shirt or like Ty a shirt or Corey a shirt or, you know, whoever was living and breathing like that energy back then, it's like they're hyped. They're like, what? Like 314? Like, that's so dope. Like, it's just a part of like our life for like that year span of like just yeah. having fun. So, yeah, it's cool. They all they all love it. They all they all rock it. And it's just cool to like, you know, see my friends grow and, you know, have them just be doing what they always wanted to do. Talk a little bit about what you got with 314 in store. What's next? What's going on with that? Yeah, so pretty much what I'm trying to do, like I said, I'm printing some more shirts. I just do really little small drops online, but I met up with Andy Mueller. We're pretty much coming together again after all these years. Um, Like when I was living at 314 back in 2011, like I said, it was just really big for Quiet Life at that time. Like, everyone at 314 was wearing quiet life like Andy was just blessing us with so much so now that you know I'm older and I have this idea that I'm doing me and Andy are just going to come together and just do like a little collab together quiet life 314 damn quiet life 314 collab coming soon yeah so me and Andy um have an idea of doing a t-shirt together and kind of just doing like an end of summer event at his store and just have homies DJ, have some drinks, have our t-shirt for sale and kind of just like celebrate like our, like me and Andy's relationship. Like I said, like 2010, when I met Andy, I was kind of like his first employee with the quiet life. So for us to me be, I was working there for seven years. So like now us looking back in that time and what he still got going on, quiet life is still huge and successful. And just for my little idea of 314 it just totally makes sense for us to come together that's going to be really exciting and i know i'm looking forward to it i know a lot of other people are going to be looking forward to it i have two last questions for you and then you can let us know where we can find you for 314 tell us what drives you like what makes you do what you do i think just seeing my friends seeing like what they've been through and like what they're doing with their life it's just kind of like showcases like anyone could really do it you know like yeah you could have ideas but then you could be scared to execute them like I don't want to spend all my money on just like this little idea but it's really not about investing it's just kind of like investing in yourself and kind of just being creative like it doesn't have to be clothing it doesn't have to be music it could be whatever that you want to do um 
yeah, that's what drives me. It's like all of my friends, like just being successful, being creative, like having fun. It's just really just that. Do you think that you're successful? Do you think you're on your way to be successful? What do you think success is for you? I don't think I'm successful, (laughs) but I think what success is, is just being happy, you know? I think like just success could be it does not doesn't have to have value like with money wise or you don't have to have a nice car. I think it's just basically doing what you want to do with your friends or with your family and just kind of just like living the life that is not really the life that's not on paper that like you're supposed to do after high school. Like I said, if you have an idea or you want to do something, you know, you could do it. You don't have to follow those rules. You could kind of just do what you want to do sick thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and you know how you got here I think that um what you've been through and your relationships that's really the theme in your story I feel like it's the relationships that you built organically um just being you being authentically you that's how um you know you've gotten to where you are and I think there's so much more success for you to come um, you say you're not successful or you don't think you're success- successful, but I definitely think you're successful because that, that kid that dropped out that day, um, he probably didn't think you would get to where you are right now. He probably didn't know where he, where he was going. So I think that's something to be proud of. And I think, uh, a lot of people will feel, find value from your story. Yeah. Thank you. I think one thing too, it's like not burning bridges. Yeah. I think that's one important thing that maybe kids don't know. You know, you could probably be upset with somebody and tell someone off but like you never know like if you burn a bridge with somebody and you walk into an inner job interview and that guy could be interviewing you or he mm-hmm. could be walking around the office and be and he could tell them like don't hire that dude like yeah you know so sometimes you just gotta like be careful like just hold your bite your tongue you know like you know everything will work out you don't have to lash out and burn bridges to to prove a point I think like a lot of times, you know, people could do that and then you want to end up getting help from that person and they're most likely won't help. They're like not down. Yeah. Um, thank you. So before we jump into the third segment, can you let us know where we can find uh, Apartment 314? Yeah, it's www.apartment-314.com and the Instagram is apt.314. Um, yeah, watch out for the quiet life 314 collab coming soon we'll mention that um and yeah sick all right let's jump into segment number three uh what okay so during this segment our listeners ask questions and our guests answer them uh most of these questions are for anthony but some people did ask questions about our relationship so let's get to it um the first question comes from leonard and leonard asks uh how do you stay creative um i think just basically just getting inspired by music or other brands that i look up to or just old ideas that you have that you remember and you're just like oh like I forgot about that idea. Like, that would be fun to do something like that or just, just nostalgia stuff. What are some of the brands that you like? Um, some of the brands that I really like would be Undefeated, Born and Raised, um, Bueno. Um, Dylan at Holy Flucked, he asked, what inspires you to be the greatest, most humble person ever? Because you inspire me. You inspire Dylan. Um... How do I stay humble? Or yeah, how do you? How, who inspires you to be the greatest? Oh, who inspires person? me? 
Um, obviously, Andy Mueller. He's been my mentor for the last nine years, and I think he's really inspiring because, you know, he does quiet life full-time. He does Lakai full-time. He's also a video... He He does directing. He does photography. He is a dad. He's a husband. Yeah, so, so with that being said... Andy Mueller is really humble. You know, like I said, he's given us so much, me and my friends, a platform to basically run with his brand and kind of just do what we wanted with it. And I just think that he really inspired me just to, you know, be humble, trust others, and just trust the process. Hell yeah. Shout out to Andy and the quiet life. Um, Next question comes from Gus, Gusto Khalil. That's our homie. Check out his music, available at, on all platforms, I believe. Um, he says, who was the first to bring up couples therapy? You. Yes, I was. I was the first one to bring up couples therapy. Uh, we were getting into a lot of the same fights. We weren't, um, communicating effectively and I was super over it. I was so tired of it. We were on the brink of a breakup and it was just like, listen, we either got to go to couples therapy or like, I don't know if I do this. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> um, he also asked, when did y'all notice a difference? I think you notice a difference when you start taking what you learned and putting it in into your applying life, it. applying it to your life. You know, I think a lot of things are really just the same, like the same conversations and the same arguments. Yeah. It's just about different topics. So I think, yeah, just applying it to your life, just like the little easy steps that could really help a relationship. I think I noticed the difference maybe like after the f- second or second time, I think even the first time that we went, even the first, after the first therapy session, I felt like a weight and I felt like, oh my gosh, like we are leaving here and we kind of understand one another a little bit better. Uh, a weight was lifted off of my shoulders and I just felt like I could breathe. But I think even after the second session, I felt good. I think, um, I think in January, I think we started in November, I think in January, that's when things kind of shifted. We opened up our own, our separate bank account, to, like a, a joint bank account, and we started to, um, you know, put in motion these goals and plans that we wanted for our future. And so I saw a big dedication from Anthony, and so <laughs> he put a ring on him, motherfucker. <laughs> um, okay, next question comes from Nikki. This is for you, Amph. When did you know yes was the one? I think when you start worrying more and going out less. <laughs> You're annoying. Everything's a Drake line. For real. Um, I think it's kind of like when you find someone that's like your best friend, you know, you kind of stop focusing on going out and, you know, just kind of just using your time more wisely with somebody that like you really connect with. All right. I'm not mad at that answer because you're my best friend, too. Lady. Another question we got was, what's the best advice you would give anyone in a serious relationship? I think to have patience. Because I know I'd be trying his patience. (laughs) I think also to not be selfish. I think it's sometimes when you're single and you get in a relationship, you have like the things that you want your way and you kind of don't think you're coming off as selfish. But it really is selfish when like you don't let those walls down. I think that's good advice. My best advice is, I think patience 100% too. I, I agree with you with that one. But um, just the willingness, the willingness, I think that, and I mentioned this on, my la- on the last episode, is if you don't have somebody who's willing to, you know, try, 
that you know nobody's perfect it's okay not to be perfect but you need to have a partner who's open to to saying like they're wrong like I'm wrong you're wrong it's okay but let's try and as long as that effort and you know you being open as long as you have that you have a relationship I really really do I really do feel like that Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, let's get into those are all the questions we have this week. Also, send more questions for the next episode. I'll let you know um, via Instagram who the next guest will be. But anyway, let's jump into segment number cuatro. Yo, talk that talk. All right, so during segment four, we talk about current events or things that are going on um, in, you know, pop culture. So, one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is. Euphoria. How are you feeling about Euphoria after that last episode? I'm stressed out. <laughs> Why are you stressed out? Because Nate has to go. Dude, I freaking hate Nate. Like, I don't know. I think the best characters, Fez and his little brother, they have to be the best. Everyone else is really good, but their characters like really stand out for me, how like young they are and how good they're doing. Also, I hope he doesn't get hurt in this next episode. Who, Fez? Yeah. I know. I think he's going to try to shoot Nate, but then he's going to miss and hit Maddie, and she's going to die. You're annoying. Well, you know what? By the time this airs, we would have already seen the final episode of Euphoria. So if you do spoil it, if that's what happens, Mm -hmm. well, whatever. You predicted it. I think. But yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Anyway, um, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Big Sean? Yeah, I like what he's putting out. I think that one first single, which was kind of like the more freestyle Overtime? Yeah, that was like the Big Sean that I like. It's kind of like the mixtape Big Sean. But you like been a Big Sean fan for a long time. I, I haven't, so. Yeah, I was like a huge Big Sean fan like when we were doing Bent Life and stuff like 2010 when he dropped Finally Famous 3. You're going to have to tell that story, but not today. Yeah, but yeah, we like <laughs> I like Big Sean, me and my friends. But yeah, it's like more of like that old Big Sean vibe. I mean, I just feel like over the past few years, I really like what Big Sean has been on. Um off a of double or nothing, which is the Metro Boomin and Big Sean album, mm-hmm. it's just the vibe that he was on and just talking about like kind of being in tune with the universe. He has a song called "Being in Tune," and I really like this new song though, single again. I like that he's talking about mental health. I like that he's talking about loving yourself and having a relationship with yourself and understanding that there's toxic cycles in your life that you may have learned from your parents. I think that's really cool, and I think that. I don't know. I think that when somebody like Big Sean talks about those things, um, other people start to open up to it. And I think Mm. I'm just like therapy and all that stuff, mental health. I'm just an advocate for that. And I just think everybody should um, take care of their mental, not just their physical. I'm excited for his album. I think since he's dropped two singles, it should be probably coming next week or something. I don't know, but it's supposed to be called Dawn Life. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Also, since Janae Aiko is on the song, are the hot boys up? A thousand now? Oh, they said City Boys up 300 in the third quarter. Oh, they're City Boys, my bad. Um, it's not your fault. I guess they're up. I think the I think City Boys are up because then we have the Chris Brown and Drake video. Yeah, that was funny. That was interesting because of their whole history of their beef and everything. And for them to even have that song come out, that was kind of wild. But the video is like hilarious. It's like a good summertime banger. Yeah, that could be definitely probably... The song of the summer, if you don't want to call it Old Town Road, but... I don't like that song, but also I'm not seven years old. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's cool that Chris Brown and Drake are 
you know, making music, making awesome music. I don't care for Chris Brown anymore. I know he's yeah, talented, neither. but I just can't. Like, he looks like shit in that video, like, in terms of... He just looks tired, and I'm sure he's doing drugs, but... You know what? I'm glad him and Drake put their differences aside, and I just love Drake because he's able to just fuck around and act like fool, and he don't care. He's a good actor. Yeah. I mean, he's acting like himself, but sure. Hmm. Yo, how you get your music so loud? Yeah, that was funny. I liked the whole video. It was a good concept. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm I'm glad that he actually, like, played around with it and, pl- you know, play battled him or whatever. He took the L. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Drake. So Drake is releasing Care Package. By the time this is releases, it's going to be out. So because, yeah. Yeah, I'm hyped on that because it's all of the singles that were never on an album. So they were always on YouTube or SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't really want to like slap music, go from SoundCloud or go from your album. I mean, you do it all the time. Well, you have to. Well, not anymore. (laughs) But yeah, you'd have to go on YouTube to like. Go through the commercials just to hear like Paris Martin music or I know a lot of I'm those excited tracks. for Dreams Money Can Money Can Buy. That's a good one. The motion's good too. How about now? That's funny. Trust issues gonna be good. The too. Drake Cole one is really good. Yes, Jodeci, Jodeci Freestyle, Freestyle is yep. really good. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, those all loose um, singles that he's dropped in the last ten years. If I'm just be dropping out. singles left and right. If, when you put it in perspective, all these songs these are just like a bunch of throwaways. Yeah, songs. but they weren't ever on the radio. They're kind of just internet songs. I mean. I'm obligated to listen to this music because this is the music you like, so I'm aware of it. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't Trophies good, yeah. isn't on there though. He has like a lot more. He could do like a I'm whole pissed that Sweeter Man isn't on the on it either. Good yeah, no, that no, one and hey. he has like a lot of other songs. He could do a couple more packages. I know. Anyway, whatever. A song of the summer. You think it's no guidance? Yeah, it's. Definitely one up there. I think the song of the summer could go with No Guidance or Going Baby by The Baby. I don't know. That song. Maybe because you're a guy, you have a different perspective. Because my songs of the summer are my type by, by Sweetie. That's my type. That's oh, my yeah, type. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's definitely a, a song that we were playing in Texas. Also, Hot song. Girl by Make the Stallion. Yeah. I think the girls right Hot now girl are summer. killing it. But, yeah, you could definitely go with, like, my type, probably. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's, like, definitely, that's like, embedded my in my brain with, like, That's, that makes me think about Texas. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I mean, that's pretty much all we have to talk about today. There are other things going on, but, you know, we're going to keep it short and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, Anthony, a.k.a. Amph, for um, being on this episode yeah thank you and thank you for fontana skate park for giving me that nickname shout out to fontana skate park you heard you heard it here first (laughs) um please send in your questions for the next episode um just in terms of current events or whatever entertainment you want to talk about i'll go ahead and in my story on instagram or in the in my instagram feed i'll let you guys know who the next guest is so you can send in questions um before um, I go, I just want to thank Anthony again. Make sure that you guys follow him at, apart- at Apartment314. That's A-P-T period 314 on IG. Um, can you give us a website again? Um, it's just apartment.314.com. Yeah, go buy some stuff. Support 314. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I just, again, I just kind of want to go back and just say, you know, success looks different, different for all kinds of people. And I think that, you know, listening to Anthony's story, what's, um, what really stands out to me is connection and relationships with people. You know, his 
story is a non-traditional route and he didn't do things the way that um, a lot of people um, tell us to do things. You know, I did things very traditionally. I went to school and that's kind of like how I got here. But he did it a different way and look at him. He's successful and he didn't give up and he, you know, through his relationships and just using his gifts and his talents, he was able to, um, you know, get to the path that he was meant to be on. And I know that he will continue to shine and succeed. And it's only the beginning. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, I hope that I could continue to do 314 and just have fun with my friends, do more events with that, continue to just build with Ryan and Rip and Dip and just, you know, build more relationships and also support other people, you know, support your friends that are doing things like shout out to Alex doing Bueno, like support the people that you're around, you know, I think a lot of people these days always ask for a handout, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, promo me a shirt or like, let me get this. It's like, spend the $20, like support your friend, pay for shipping, like, don't ask for yep. promo codes, like support your friends, like go to their events, like wait in line, like it gets so annoying where you're like, could you get me in? It's like, dude, like, you know, just support, like support, show support, up, support, show up, have fun with your friends and just continue to just be you, you know, stay in your lane. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Growth Nostalgia is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Link can be found on Instagram, so follow us on IG at Growth Period Nostalgia. That's G-R-O-W-T-H period N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Growth Nostalgia is recorded in Los Angeles, California. Intro and outro music by Damar Davis. Damar uh, recently released another project called Dance Season Volume 1, and it's available on all platforms. Um, So go ahead and um, check that out. Follow him on Instagram if you'd like, at Davis. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on IG. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs) 